Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than a 100 televisions which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. We're in with me, Bram, with you per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Gentlemen, happy Wiggins Day. How'd you, uh, how'd you guys find out? Where were you when the news reached you? I, I was in the middle of a meeting and I looked down, um, you know, and there were some murmurings over the past week. So I was watching the tweets a little bit more closely and I, I saw it as it came out um, from Woj. Uh, and immediately lost all um, ability to pay attention during that meeting. <laughs> I was came out early in the day. I found out, you know, nine fifteen, nine thirty. I just came into the office working here, and a work associate came by and told me, "Had you heard about Wiggins?" And between the three of us, I had not. I had no idea what he was talking about. But because I hold myself out as some bullshit warrior section, I was like, of course I have. I know exactly what you mean. And then started furiously Googling Wiggins and uh, was pretty happy to learn about it. How about you, MT? How did it hit you? Um, I was in a meeting as well, and I didn't learn about it until I saw your text message about it. <laughs> I was like, oh. And then I furiously started <laughs> looking into it. So um been a little hectic with, with work stuff, but was excited to see the news and it's still a little vague. I'm not quite sure, you know, like Woj is a great source, but it's like nearing a return sources say, and it's like, at this, at this point, it's just like, just come back. We, we need <laughs> to get the news is that he's a 
He's supposedly attending the game. That's the news. He's attending the game uh, when they play on Tuesday, which is said like, is he attending it in a fucking jersey? Like, I, I mean, look, I'm just, I'm happy that he's here. We'll explore all of that. But you're right. It hasn't been the most details forward reporting. It is what it is. Um, but I mean, cat's out of the bag, boys. There's no guest and there's no guest for a reason. We are digging in to the Wiggins news. And the way we'll start that is with our glass half full. We're looking back on recent Warriors who we're giving to some we like and we don't. What do I like? Wiggins return and don't hear it from me. Let's let uh, Woj drop the bomb himself. Here's a clip. Emilika, it is significant news for this Golden State uh, organization, their playoff aspirations. Andrew Wiggins is returning to the Warriors this week. He's expected to be back in the Bay Area as soon as today. Uh, the Warriors play Oklahoma City tomorrow. Unlikely he's going to play that quickly, uh, but he'll be back with the team and he'll be back with uh, enough time now to get ramped up to play for Golden State in the playoffs. He's been away since mid-February attending uh, to uh, an ill family member and he's continued to work out and try to stay in shape. Certainly it's not the same as walking back into uh, playoff caliber basketball but you know Andrew Wiggins who was a all-star last season a huge part of Golden State's championship run it was hard to imagine a scenario where they could uh, make a deep run in the playoffs without Wiggins back uh, there's certainly a lot of ground for this team to make up they're trying to stay out of the play-in tournament stay in the postseason and now with three games left in their regular season uh, Andrew Wiggins return to Golden State is imminent I'll steal the momentum just to keep it going and then turn to you boys because he also triggers what I don't like. So we heard from Woj, the reason why he's been out, it's an ill family member. And if you Google, like I did furiously today at nine, you'll find out that that family member was his dad. That's why he hasn't been here. And Wiggins has been attending to him um, over in Minnesota. So the thing I don't like, I don't like the shady fucks who speculated about why he was out before and the rumors that that ultimately spread. And I'll put it a different way. I'm lucky enough to be close to my parents. I love my mom. I love my dad. It would be remarkably hard if I was dealing with anything that reminded me of their mortality. And if I was like sitting by somebody's bedside when they're dealing with a real nasty uh, illness, especially my father, and then while that was going on, someone insinuated a fucking rumor about whether or not my kids were mine, I can't imagine having to go through that and what the, the emotional squale would be. So the thing I don't like, Fuck you, rumor mongers. That was intensely and unacceptably, um, you know, just a violent and nasty reaction to his privacy. You should have fucking respected it. And I don't like you. That was uh, an unforgivable move. Yeah, I mean, it's unforgivable. It's part of it is you understand, like when you're you're not told anything, you know, like you you create the Petri dish for that to, to kind of breed and for that to happen. So part of it, I think, you know, the Warriors did right by um, respecting the privacy of the matter and of, of Wiggins and his family's wishes to keep it private. Um, but what comes along with that is you have to anticipate that there is going to be people trying to answer the question for you then if you're not going to answer it. So, um, you know, I think for me hearing that that, was what it was and what was just casually dropping it like we weren't all wondering what it was this entire time it was a little weird yeah. for me and kind of my half empty is like i don't 
it, it feels like he knew it all along. And if that's the case, I'm not, I, I'm not quite sure why it's so sensitive and it couldn't be shared. Like the Warriors are known for being, you know, keeping their cards close to the vest and, you know, that's just how they are as an organization. Um, so I, I guess I don't, I don't know what the backlash would have been if, if it, if that was said earlier compared to what the backlash has been and he's probably had to deal with by not saying it. Holy, this is a fairly hot and unexpected take, dude. Let me make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. Are you giving Wiggins shit for not coming out and saying my father is sick? I need to spend time with him. No, I'm not giving him shit, but I, I, I think the Maxine, is that what he just said? Because that's the way I just read what the fuck he just said. He said that they created a petri dish for it, and then why did he take all this time out? What what exactly did you just say there, MT? I'm saying the like if that's the reason, you know, like hi, having that as the reason why you're missing time is completely acceptable, and we get it. And you know, you have to deal with family. It's it's more important off the court, and when life happens, but. If that's the reason, I don't understand. Like, if it was a "this child isn't mine" story, then I get why you want to shield your player from that. The players on the court can be nasty. The trash talk can go over the line. It's something that you know, like you just don't know how to deal with. Uh, a sick parent is something that a lot of people have gone through, and I think there's a different type of. Um, empathy involved with that because it's more common than, oh, I've been, you know, tricked into thinking the child is mine. Not saying that doesn't happen, but it's just less frequent. So I just, I, I get the veil of secrecy to be respectful of what Wiggins probably asked, but I also it's like, I don't, I don't know what the backlash would have been if he just would have said he has a ill family member and, you know, like it's bigger than basketball. The backlash will never know, but I'll sure as fuck back his right to not tell us. If if I didn't want to tell you guys my dad's favorite color, fuck yourself. I'm not going to tell you. And if I didn't want to tell you that he was sick, double fuck yourself. I'm not going to tell you. And if that means I had to spend time there and whatever it was that made me feel comfortable and my family feel comfortable and saving all these things, that's the right move. You know, I don't think that. And I hear you're not saying there's an obligation. You're saying that if he had shared this, there would have been an outpouring of support and it probably wouldn't have been a really you know, nasty backlash. I understand where you're coming from. But I, in this, I don't think it's the backlash that determines whether or not he has to share it. I think it's just a straightforward, this is a privacy thing. It's not up to us to know why he's not there. And I back, I, I think he was justified in not telling us. I don't think he has to tell us in any way. Uh, how about you, Maxine? Yeah, I... I thought a lot about what, you know, Marcus, what you were um, getting at today too. And, you know, cause at first I was like, man, like I, I would have personally liked to have known that sooner. I feel like it would have led to a lot less speculation and might've saved him what a lot of headache. Cause I'm sure those rumors got back to him. Um, again, those, those not great, very vicious rumors, um, completely unjustified. Evidently. I think we both don't know what exactly was happening. And some of the initial trauma of finding out that you have a sick or an, uh, you know, a hurt family member um, is really intense and you can't necessarily parse everything. But we also don't know what it's like to have that level of scrutiny into our lives um, as, as a superstar athlete. And, and you, I just have no idea what it would mean to even have to deal with sort of the outpouring of support that I might get if I'm Andrew Wiggins. And even that, it might be like, maybe I'm the type, I, I am the type of person that would want to respond to those things and say, hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And I just, I would not be able to do that 
if I was dealing with my dad being seriously ill. So, you know, I just, there's so many layers to what it takes to be a professional athlete like this. And I think the fact that the whole organization was like, yep, not interested in saying anything about this at all. When I think they all probably were thinking internally, yo, actually just from a PR perspective, it probably would be easiest for you to just kind of like deal with this now. Um, you know, there's all just, there's so many complicating factors. I don't blame them in the slightest, despite sort of understanding, I think where you're coming from a little bit empty. Yeah. And I think that's like the one unintended um, benefit that could have come from it um, is, is the outpouring of support that you're mentioning. Like you can't predict how that's going to feel and how that's going to either help or hurt. But, um, you know, I've, I've had that experience. I've sat at the hospital bed of both of my parents and lost both of them. Um, I don't have the scrutiny of being a professional athlete, but I can speak to what it feels like to sit at the bedside of your dying parent um, and dying father specifically. And if, you know, like the amount of support and people being able to relate and share different words of advice of what to expect, what you're going through, how to handle it. Like there were things that I never would have anticipated to um, add to the way that I dealt with those <clears throat> emotions. And, um, you know, maybe Wiggins is, sounds like a kind of private person. So, you know, however he wants to deal with it is how he wants to deal with it. And we respect that. I just think there is a difference between a, a uh, issue that is scandalous in nature and one that is empathetic and, and one that is something that people deal with a lot more regularly. And because it yeah. falls in that second camp, I just, you know, part of me thinks like, man, like, you know, we're, we're here for you as people, you know, aside from what you do on the court. So, you know, if that's how we feel as fans, the support network around them probably was even stronger. And, um, it may have been helpful. So I, I feel a little sad that, you know, the, the people that could have helped and, and chimed in outside of his immediate circle weren't able to even offer that because we were busy listening to terrible rumors. rumors. Yeah, I mean, maybe th there's nothing more subjective than how you deal with mortality, right? I mean, like there's objective things, things that are just true across the board, subjective, depends on your personality and how things in particularly hit you how you deal with mortality in general and then your parents' mortality specifically might be the definition of fucking subjective. Everybody, you, you ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 different reactions. And so if this was Wiggins's, you know, that he didn't, did not want anybody else telling him anything, fine, you know, um, then, then that's what worked for him and, and I respect that process. But I understand where you're coming from, MT, and I wasn't going to share your experience you know, but when you when you first jumped into that, I, I had it in mind and, and kind of knew where you were coming from. Um, all right. Let's jump in to some Wiggins stuff here. Gentlemen. Actually, you know what? Let me give you one other thing I don't like. Here's what I don't like. And this goes right back to the Warriors. When it was announced that Jokic wasn't playing, my first thought was, fuck, we're going to lose. I don't like after this shitburger season that when it's announced that a star player or a player of real consequence for the other team is not going to play, that now my first reaction is up. Oh, it's going to be another game. The Warriors don't take seriously and they lose. And I was yet, you know, proved yet again. Um, it's a changed analysis. Now we got a new team. We got new reasons to be optimistic, but I at least wanted to scream it into this microphone, but that leads to our golden questions, boys. This is our mailbag. 
It uh, always deals with the warrior, occasionally gets personal. This one does both. And here's the first quote. Over the past few weeks, the huddle has specialized in hopefully Wiggins comes back takes. Now that the Drew mob is back in the building, let me stop. I don't think I've ever heard anybody refer to Andrew Wiggins as the Drew mob. And I think that is a terrible, terrible nickname. Now that the Drew knob is back in the building, how do you think Wiggins helps Golden State's title chances? MT, why don't you take this here first, man? How does Wiggins help or hurt or impact the Warriors' shot at a title this year? Um, I think he ultimately helps more than hurts. Um, it was his defense and his play all around that, in my opinion, I think really helped us win the championship last year. It's no secret that he did a stellar job on Luka Doncic and that, you know, he was always guarding the team's best players. Clay Thompson said it, you know, when they were celebrating, he said, this man drew the assignment that I used to have to. And, you know, thank God for him because I didn't have to run around that much. Um, he had the poster dunk on Luka, too. So there, there are some moments where, you know, we really relied on Wiggs to to be who we thought he was when he first got drafted as, as um, Air Canada and, and Maple Syrup and all those jokes. Um, so I think ultimately he helps, but um, you have to question like how long will it take for him to knock the rust off? They said he's been working out, but you know, workout speed and game speed are, are not apples to apples for sure. I'll go with all help. Um, I'll start big picture. So name a guest, all of them, Roy most recently, but Bonte and Shasky. I mean, name one, doesn't matter. Any of the beat writers, all of them. When you ask them, can this team win a title without Wiggins? The answer immediately is no. And there's a reason I have not asked that on air because it was always a fucking disappointing and, you know, downer of an answer. And so, you know, big picture, well, Wiggins is part of this now. So we avoid that. Okay. You know, you need to be healthy for them to have a shot. They're healthy. So they have a shot more specific. You hit a bunch of them. MT. Um, his ability to guard both wings and guards on the perimeter. Last night, we saw Jamal Murray put us in a, in a torture chamber because nobody was there to keep him out of the goddamn lane. Wiggins does that for us. We have problems rebounding. We've had problems rebounding all year. Look at the playoffs last year. They asked Wiggins to make a difference. He did. He's also an elite scorer. He's the second best player from the finals last year. But I'll give you another thing, a random thing. This team needs a reason, something to point at where they can say, you know what, all those losses, everything else that we did before that doesn't matter. This has changed, a galvanizing, motivating reason. And Wiggins is exactly that. But don't take my take on why they needed that reason. Take it from Steph. Uh, Maxime, if we've got that quote, go ahead and play it here. Still, the, the grit in the fight allows us to be one, one shot away from stealing a game that we had no business being in. But, um, you know, we got to come to a realization like if we're going to win and or do anything you know in a playoff kind of scenario a game like tonight can't happen okay so the quote comes to the realization means a lot but you know what meant more to me it was the pause between the two steph says look grit we almost got there we came with one shot he was talking about last night's loss and then stops and like gravity you know coming down and hitting him the reality of the situation had to come out and he says but this can't happen anymore that feeling, that expression, that pause, all screams to me, they needed something different. They are getting fed up with the same shit that we all are. All that frustration we're feeling, it's happening in the locker room now too. And Wiggins gives them a reason why it's all shifted. You know, it's a, a type of thing that could capitalize and, and capital or 
catapult us. There we go. Catapult us into the postseason. Um, so I'm excited. I think there's a, 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 a giant impact. It's such a good point, especially there's a reason he's coming back right now. It's not just random. You know, he's not like, I, I mean, hopefully his dad is better. And, and you know, it's, it's just great timing. But the reason he's back right now is because we're about to go into the playoffs. Um, so, you know, this is a great opportunity for a galvanizing presence. The whole team is aware that Andrew Wiggins just went through a pretty serious thing and is essentially therefore sacrificing in order to come back to help this Warriors team try to get another win. Like, what else do you need? I can't think of anything that would motivate me more than somebody on my team saying, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to sort of put aside some of this family stuff to be here. Like, I would want to win every single game. Like, let's go 16 and over this guy, you know? Um, and then on top of that, I mean, just to go back to some of the specifics, in addition to being uh, and now our best on-ball defender, you're already seeing like in the Sun sub, uh, subreddit, there's a lot of conversation right now about whether or not he can stop Kevin Durant. So obviously they already know he's going to be oh. defending Kevin Durant. Behind enemy lines, are Little they freaking out? Is, is there a lot of like angry takes? Yeah, no, it's um, it's some pretty good stuff. Well, uh, we can just walk through it really quickly. You know, the the top post here on the uh, Woj bomb is uh, Wiggins is not stopping Kevin Durant, but then a lot of the conversation, right, is oh, I'm not scared shitless, but fans are always super cocky about these things. You know, it's it, you know, and, and as people go through it, um. Yeah, people seriously think Wiggins won't make it tough for our guys. There's a lot of understanding that he's going to be a problem. And it's also true on the on the offensive end. As we know that sort of as rotations tighten, uh, the mid-range shot becomes much more important. And he's our mid-range specialist. You know, he's the person that's uh that's doing what Kevin Durant used to do for us. Um, so a lot of a lot of reasons to be excited about his return. And, you know, in addition to all of the guests that we've heard on and off air tell us, yeah, yeah, like they're not gonna win without Wiggins. You know, also in the in the national media circles, you know, you hear Zach Lowe on his most recent podcast saying exactly the same thing, right? Like, oh, I'm hearing rumors that Wiggins is coming back. And if he does, I can't count them out of another championship. You know, so like all of the great minds are aware uh, of the impact. And but I but I, again, back to your point, Bram, I just I, I don't think it can be um, underrepresented just how much of a galvanizing force it is for this team needing that energy right now. It's like this is the thing that can, you know, propel them to want to win another one. When, you know, they've already won before. So this is a great opportunity. And the separation. I was listening to an NBA podcast today that was recorded last night after the Warriors loss, before the Wiggins news um, went public. And what they were saying is like, well, fucking Warriors look cooked. They couldn't finish it out. And without Wiggins, they don't have a shot. And I was able to listen to it and then be happy, even though they were talking about a super frustrating loss, because you can be like, oh, that doesn't matter. Wiggins is here. Who cares about your outdated opinions? Which is what we're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's Wiggins represents a new chapter to this season, which is exactly what they need, exactly when they need it. You know, so... Um, I don't know. Good things for us. And do you have a favorite Wiggins memory? Like when you look back on his time here, are there moments that stick out above the other ones? Yeah, the the Luca dunk, um, <clears throat> and not because it was just a great dunk, which it was, but he he rarely like shows emotion. He showed it when he dunked over Carl um, Anthony Towns, probably because it was his former team. But you know, like. This one, he dunks it and then he just flexes, you know, like it's it, it was like when we would see James Wiseman show emotion. Everybody would be like, what is going on? This, you know, like it's, it must be a big deal if this dude is doing crazy, you know, like. Um, so that one stands out to me. Um, I also really liked the play. That's probably one B is when he dunked on 
Brandon Clark, I think it was. Somebody on Memphis um, with two hands. And it was the same thing. Like he showed emotion again. And you were just like, okay, this dude is, he's locked in. And a locked in Andrew Wiggins is, is a really good player and um, worthy of a, a, at least a top five pick, if not the number one. <clears throat> I'll tag along on the Luca Doug. For me, it seems like every single time Luca has the ball, he pretends like he got hit in the face. It could be in a timeout, and Luca will go down and wind to the ref that he got hit in the face. So the thing I liked about the uh, the dunk on Luca is at that time he did get hit in the face, and he also got shit on, and it was an incredibly satisfying forty five second period of my life. So there's no question at all for me. And then and the cat dunk was great, and it kind of you know put an exclamation point on we're out of Minnesota, and you know this is a whole new. Um, world now and, and other random moments his defense on tatum during the finals and us basically saying that he is the second best player in the finals you know um the you're gonna get a bag i'm gonna get a bag we're gonna get a bag video with jordan Poole. i like that too but i still go back to luca getting hit in the face so that was my favorite <laughs> i want to i want to toss in a couple too we uh we we just ran if uh you know hop up on twitter hop up on on the youtube to see um, you know, we just tweeted out some of uh, Wiggins' top five dunks from the year, and that that led me down a rabbit hole. Uh, it, actually, Wiggins has a lot of really incredible dunk moments. We just saw the poster on Luca, but um, I went back and I looked at the first time that Wiggins played against Minnesota um, after getting traded to us from Minnesota. Um, the first play, uh, his first shot was a dunk, which is just ridiculous. And then on top <laughs> of it all. The first time that we went to Minnesota, because that was a home game, what's the first play? A dunk. This dude is kind of just like dunking on everybody all the time. And it's, it's. I mean, it really made me smile. Um, so I love to see that. And speaking of smiling, one thing that I also really loved um, was when uh, Wiggins went for a 40 spot. Uh, I think it's the only time he's done it uh, as a warrior. So there was the 40 point game, but it's seeing him smile afterwards, you know? It's just, like, such a joy to see this guy after uh, what evidently seemed like a a pretty not great experience for him in Minnesota. It's just so fun to see him in a role where he gets to do what he wants to do. He doesn't need to carry the weight of a full franchise on his shoulder as a number one pick and can instead go out there, drop 40, drop crazy dunks on people, and seemingly have a pretty good time doing it. Two quick shout-outs to Maxime. Shout-out number one. Nice speaking of smiling transition there, man. That uh, it, it felt that. like a talking head. That was Yeah, that was really well done. And then two, you're doing an even better job on YouTube. If people haven't checked that out, honestly, go check it out. Um, we're, it's not just this podcast anymore. It's not just random highlights. We found a program, more to the point, we found uh, one of Maxime's skill sets, and these highlights or these various clips also have like dope little video editing that that he is putting in i i'm in a shit burger job describing it almost on purpose because i want you to go watch it and uh draw your own conclusions when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We go to our next question. Quote, the second the Woj-Wiggins bomb detonated, I started thinking about playoff matchups. Now that the Warriors are full strength, who do you want in the playoff? So I took a look, boys. Um, one, two, and three are basically set in the West, but the rest of the playoff berths are all kind of open. I'm going to knock out the play-in scenarios because this question is asking us for what we want to have happen, right? So the three possible scenarios that I think are at least somewhat likely are this. Option one, you play Sacramento as the sixth seed, so obviously no home court advantage. Option two, you play the Clippers as the fifth seed, so again, no home court advantage, but you're against the Clips who don't have Paul George. And then option three, you play the Suns as the fourth seed, and you have home court advantage. All right, so Sacto, six, Clips, fifth, Suns, fourth. How do you guys rank those? One, two, and three. One being the matchup you want, you know, and then and then going down. Um, I definitely want Sacramento first. <clears throat> I yep. think the their inexperience, they're they're a good team and they're dangerous, but they're young and they haven't been there. So yep. having De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, I don't know if Sabonis probably made it to the playoffs with Indiana um, at some point, but um, you know, having their core guys um, be relatively inexperienced in the playoff setting to me bodes well. The one dangerous wild card with that is that their head coach knows us really well. So Mike Brown, you know, if anybody can scheme something from our patterns as players and picked up a little secret or two, it would be him. Um, but I still go Sacto one. I think. Clippers too. Um, even without Paul George, I still Kawhi Leonard is just a terrible matchup for us, and he's scary come playoff time. So um, they've underperformed all year, similar to us. So you know they're a dangerous team, but um, I'm just worried about Kevin Durant, Kevin Booker pairing. It's they can get hot and beat any team, you know, four times, regardless of how well we play and regardless of how strong. Wiggins is and you know we we put our best defensive lineup will be good and they're not as deep but that's just a hard team to stop when you have you know Aiden is a skilled enough big to make it work Chris Paul is Chris Paul and still annoying AF and then you know like you add in you know one to two role players with a shortened rotation for the playoffs like that's dangerous I don't want to see them at all I mean, all three of these matchups, both sides make sense. I can explain why I think the Warriors can win, and then I can absolutely explain why I'm worried about all of them. And I'll, I, I have the exact same order as you, MT. I'll start in the last one, the Suns. What I'm worried about isn't just their skill set. It's these recent questions about KD's legacy. What you're going to catch is a remarkably fucking motivated KD against the team that robbed him of some of his legacy, right? He's going to want to beat us because supposedly he joined us, and and you know that was the start of some of the super team allegations. Uh, when it comes to Sacto, why do I want them number one? That's what you said, dude. No travel. That's from Draymond. They're not going to get on a plane at any point. They're just going to hop on a bus and go down an hour. 
or a team of this age, that's a huge benefit, right? And then no pedigree. I understand how good they are. I understand how good Sabonis is. I know what De'Aaron Fox has done. Also, I know that they've never taken a punch in the face during the playoffs at any stage, you know? And so when they get there and they're chanting light the beam, if we come in and punch them once hard, which I think will happen, I believe in our ability, I'm not sure they're going to be able to fucking rea uh, react. We steal one in those first two, and I feel real good about our chances. Um, so for me, it's Sacto 1, Clips 2, Suns 3. How about you, Maxime? Same order, but I'll just add in a couple of, of you know additional pieces of color here. One, Sacramento, of all teams that remain as as potential playoff um, teams, right? So we're talking 1 through 10 at this point in both conferences. Sacramento has the worst defensive rating. So right there, that, I mean, defense wins championships, defense wins playoff series. That's not a really good sign, especially when you're dealing with inexperience, especially when you're dealing with a Warriors team that comes in that is now starting to pay attention. I mean, this this Warriors team, I think, is the definition of a regular season, um, or sorry, a postseason team that's been yep. playing through a pretty dull drums regular season, whatever. The the inverse, though, the, you know, a, a thing to think about with uh, that didn't tip me over the edge but are two things, right? Uh, with the, this 2-3 seating, the Clippers have me concerned because Paul George is out. And as we just learned with Denver, if the star, you know, one of the stars is out, like we're going to drop all those games. So, uh, you know, that could be a clean sweep against us. Uh, so that's pretty dangerous. But um, I, I'm joking, I think, in general, when we're paying attention, um, that should be a matchup that we can win. Um, and then, you know, obviously, being the four seed has some value. And I think that's why you put it there, because we could be in the 4-5 matchup against the Suns as well. Um, but having that home court advantage seemingly would matter when you're dealing with a, you know, a road team and the Warriors that are amongst the lowest, um, you know, uh, they they look like the Pacers, you know, when they're playing on the road. Um, it's a pretty rough watch, but I think that is going to change for many reasons, many of which we've already talked about when we get to the playoffs. For the road shit, I'll just acknowledge Sacramento. In the West, there's one team above 500 on the road. Want to know who it is? Sacramento. So they've had a hell of a season. I get it. I'm still not that afraid. Um, and I'm going to steal a take from another podcast. I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and he had a guy named Kevin Wild on, who I like. I find really entertaining. And they're talking about the Warriors' road woes and whether or not that means they can't win in the playoffs. And I'm paraphrasing. But Wild said, look, I'm washed. I don't really like going out at night anymore. I think he lives in New York. <laughs> For the purpose of this, I'll assume he lives in New York. I'm washed. I don't go out very much. You don't do that at all. But if you, Bill, came out to the city and wanted to go out that night, I'd rally. You know, it's a special occasion. I'd go out. The normal, you know, evening in the city for Kevin Wilde, that's the Warriors' regular season playoff or regular season road games. The bill coming into the city, this is a big thing. That's the playoffs. It's a whole new reason to be fired up and to get involved. And so hopefully, you know, we've got a whole new chapter coming at us here. Um, all right. I got a judgment theater update, principally because, well, because I got a shit ton of hate mail on it and because we did not get um, Marcus's take. So Marcus, one of the episodes we had and we didn't have your takes on, we had Eric on. And we were talking about this scenario where I go down to this park that's kind of close to where I work. I bring the dog. That's where he shits. I don't always bring a bag. And I got confronted by a security guard. Basically like, dude, I see you out here all the time. You're not cleaning up the shit. What the hell do you do? And I admitted in the course of that that I looked at that guy and lied to him, said, I've actually never been to this park, even though we were surrounded by a minefield of my old dog's shits. All right. So uh, they're everywhere. It is what it is. And really the judgment theater is you're out. Your dog shits on the ground. Somebody, you know, mentions it or busts you out on it. 
what do you do? How's your mood? So we're going to ask you and guess. I got a ton of hate mail about this. So two things to everybody sent it in. Thing number one, so you can calm down a little bit. Most of the time I have a bag. Everybody settle down. I'm not just out here dropping turds all over the place. Sure. I do have a bag. But, but thing number two, just in case you think I don't like your disapproval, there's been scenarios where my dog will be out. I won't have a bag. He will go to the bathroom in front of someone's house. and I'm making eye contact with the homeowner through a window or something. Let's say they're like washing dishes or something. So they see the whole thing and they expect me to go down and clean up the shit. In those circumstances, there have been times I've gone down, reached down to the whole thing and fake picked it up. Didn't pick up anything. Just gave them the body posture that suggested, oh, I've picked this up and then walk away. So for everybody oh, wow. who hate what I did before, you're going to really hate me now. And I can tell you that when you do that, the hardest part, like if it's in a, a park or something, I can go pretend to throw it away. But like if there's not a garbage can, the end of like the pantomiming, it's really hard to work out, dude. Like, what do I do? Like fake put it in my pocket? Like there's no, there's no end to the like, oh, yep, I've picked up your you know, crap and walking away. So there you go to everyone I didn't write an email back to. Consider this my response. But uh, to you, MT, Maxine, what do you think, dude? Um, my guess for Marcus, this is a prime PMT scenario. This is pious Marcus Taylor. So in reality, he has definitely had scenarios where he didn't have a bag, left it right there, came up with some lie to the guy, I'll, I'll come back or something, and then never came back. But he will tell us that he always has a bag or has gone back. There's going to be a, a pious response here. So I'm going PMT. <laughs> PMT, what a what a brand right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I worked on it. I'm that. I would trademark that. I have that, that in my notes. It's right here at PMT. <laughs> I was kind of excited to say it. I will charge you every time you say that now for using my trademark. <laughs> it's my nickname. What are you talking about? That intellectual property is mine. Maxine, what's your guess? Uh, my guess is that Marcus Marcus genetically engineers dogs to not shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, nah, I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> That's incredible, dude. And the answer is? The answer is probably close to the PMT. Um, <laughs> I, I So I've I've not picked it up before and then you know weeks later i'm just a believer in karma i've stepped in it and just been just like okay that's because i didn't pick it up that one time um and recently my daughter was i was putting her in the car and she was like i stepped in mud and i was like it didn't rain recently um, <laughs> and, I looked and i was like yeah that's not mud so <laughs> you know, that's again the few times that i didn't have a bag and was just like all right we're just gonna have to keep this moving um I didn't pick it up. I think that was the reason why. But if I got called out by a guy, I would definitely would have said, um, I'll come back and get it. Or I would have searched for a bag or something just because. Would you uh, come back? I probably would. I don't know. I wouldn't, I'll pro I wouldn't go back if it was far, but I would probably look around to see if there is another option to get a bag. Like, can I borrow a bag from somebody? Just because <laughs> I, I don't like the that feeling of social pressure that that I'm the one that's doing the faux pas. I feel like now's a good time to tell you that it was actually my dog who shit out in front of your guy's house. I'm sorry about that, dude. I should <laughs> exactly. And I know I told you I would come back and clean it up. It's weird that I didn't. I, you know, I have you on my ring camera just bending down and fake picking it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why you felt comfortable coming out there. And you probably thought to yourself, why is he putting it in his pocket? That's hella weird, dude. Like, what, what's he going to do with that dog crap in his pocket? You can even tie a knot in the bag. It's just, this dude is weird. <laughs> 
Well, with that scandalous admission in tow, let's go to a segment we haven't done forever, the look around the league. So I'm sure all of you are tired of hearing my voice. Good news. This segment's not mine. Uh, we've asked Marcus to look around. He's going to pull three stories from us uh, that he's found from the association, and we'll vote on which one we want to follow up on. MT. Cool. So the first one is around the league, but is still Warriors-based, but I thought it was worth talking about. Um, foul disparity. So Yahoo Sports recently uh, released an article, and they said the total amount of incorrect calls or no calls in games that went in favor of a team based on percentage. So basically, how many times did a certain team get the benefit of the doubt or were benefited from an incorrect or no call at the end of a game? Um, and the team that's sitting in first place in that is the Golden State Warriors. And I was like, how is that possible? So we could dissect that with the um, disparity in our free throw attempts and, and fouls committed. Uh, second story, uh, voter fatigue. So there is voter fatigue um, being claimed by the Bucks that Giannis is experiencing, and that's why he's not even being talked about for being the MVP. Um, I think part of that is probably with Steph, too. He's, despite the games that he missed, uh, is still very close to the percentages that he was averaging when he won MVP. So um, if voter fatigue is really a thing, and how much does it affect uh, Steph, too, which is not really talked about. And last but not least, um, the Mavericks. They were talking big shit at the beginning of the season, like one of our listeners mentioned on YouTube. Um, and they're at the point right now where they're reeling so bad, they're saying they're con seriously considering shutting down Luka and Kyrie for the rest of the season, which basically means we give up. So, um, you know, we could talk about is Kyrie the ultimate team killer? I mean, he went there and they are now not even in the playoffs and talking about shutting them down for the season. So um, big, big things happening over there as well. <laughs> Let's vote. Um, so my vote's ultimately going to be the Mavs. Here's why. Voter fatigue. Fuck out of here. The favorite's a guy who's won the last two MVPs. You know, so like they, if if Jokic ultimately walks away with the title, then voter fatigue can't be the go-to thing. I mean, he he would ultimately be subjected to that. Um, yeah, foul disparity. Favorite, right? Isn't Embiid currently the leader? Well, I think they are. I think they are split favorites. I think it depends on which sports book you're looking. Um, right, but right. I mean, he's... He's certainly a, a, a top candidate, and he has had a ton of votes, so it's hard to argue for the voter fatigue. Foul disparity, um, one of the things I almost said I liked during the glass half full was angry Bob Fitzgerald. Last night was the first time I have ever seen Bob get all fired up about the fouls. There, there was like there's a couple of segments in the first half where he started losing his mind, and even Kalena kind of called him out on it, and he said, look, it's – there's all these fingernail fouls one way, and we're not getting it on this way. And I found myself a big Buff Fitzgerald fan. So that was um, out of the ordinary. But ultimately, I'm going Mavs. Um, principally because I love the idea of figuring out what would you prefer, a first-round loss or a first-round pick? You know, Because that's what I view what they are doing. It's like that's basically Cuban being like, I hate it now. I'm not going to sit on this sideline and watch you guys shit the bed through an entire first round series. I'd prefer, just, you know, like, let's just get this out of my life and get a 10 pick. Um, but that's my vote. Mavs. Well, so um, I, I agree. However, um, well, a couple of things, right? One, 
Um, I would love to get a little bit of a conversation going at some point about how to fix just how friggin' boring it is when there's fouls being happening all the time, especially like in the last two minutes of a close game. You know, when like that's actually how you should play the game. It's just, it's boring relative to when basketball can be at its most fun. So I love the idea of like, what if we did like hockey style where you just pull the guy out and you got to play four on five for the possession or just like give him the two points automatically. You know, like I, I look away from the, from the screen when somebody's shooting free throws. I just do. But um, I also vote for the Mavs and and uh, and because I think it's even juicier, right? They owe their pick if it falls outside of the top 10 to the Knicks this year, right? So they're, and they're massively incentivized depending on like if they finish uh, like just inside at like ninth or something, the likelihood that they lose that pick goes up to like 75%. Whereas if they finish in 10th, it's like at 5% or, you know, so there's like these really, really interesting incentives because then it falls away um, and it ends up being a second round pick or something. I don't remember the specifics. This is not the type of thing that really interests me, but I think that is pretty interesting. Um, it's, it's some pretty severe consequences. I love the idea of the Mavs GM, you know, somewhere halfway through the season is reading through like the implications of their trade or whatever. And they realize suddenly like, oh my God, if we fall out of this top 10, we're going to lose the pick or whatever it is. And at that same time, he hops on ESPN and sees Kyrie spewing whatever anti-Semitic bullshit he was spewing at that time. And he suddenly had an idea. It's like, what if we trade for Kyrie and we'll <laughs> definitely get the top 10, you know, like we will be out of the playoffs entirely and it's going to be ours. It's working. It's going to plan. It's yeah, I don't, and they're not set up very well for the future either. They don't have their picks to Maxime's point. They don't have a ton of cap space. They traded away all their defensive players. Like it's going to be rough for them, um, no matter which way they do. Even if they get a top ten pick, that the draft isn't deep enough with stars that's going to come in and magically save that relationship with Kyrie and Luca. So it'll be interesting. <clears throat> Well, and meanwhile, Brunson, who they could have kept for almost nothing, I mean, they went, they had to pay him, but they didn't have to give up any assets, is playing phenomenally well in New York and is basically the exact kind of point guard that they need. You know why Kyrie is not. Would you, if the Warriors could acquire Kyrie right now for nothing, he just joins the team, okay? It does No luxury tax implications. They're not trading any, any picks, nothing. Kyrie Irvin just magically appears on the Warriors roster tomorrow if you press the button. Would you press the button? No, because our our biggest issue is in offense. We're okay offense, you know. Like we have three players who hit two hundred three pointers this season and more. So our thing is defense and focus, and you know, like the culture that we're we've created and the young players kind of buying into it and being able to play a full forty eight. Kyrie is probably one of the most gifted point guards to ever pick up a basketball and play in the NBA. But that said, he doesn't fit. It, it's it'd be like trying to justify adding James Wiseman again, but just at the point guard position, it just doesn't yeah. fit. It's it's you can identify the downside. He's a hole in the emotional boat. You know, I don't. You know, who knows what he'll do? What what little bullshit he'll start? But like at some point, there's going to be something that'll be dissuading from the team's success. And then identifying the upside. I'm with you, by the way. I don't think I'd press the button. Identifying the upside is hard, dude. So like objectively just him one-on-one -on -one player hell of a player you know i mean uh historic talent and what he can do offensively cannot be denied but how that would fit in here i'm not sure so as long as i can see the downside and not necessarily the up i'm good man you know i think i'd say no to that too um 
clean sweep, Maxime? It's a little crazy. I mean, you know, this this guy, he's a hundred million dollar player, and we're saying you add him for nothing. Um, are you do you kick back or is it uh full sweep? No, it is a little bit crazy. You know, I have a small amount of hesitation, which I think only goes to show you to Marcus's point how good this dude is at basketball. <laughs> because still the answer is no. I mean, personally, like that sounds like an absolute nightmare, you know, wildly anti-Semitic in a way that makes me extremely uncomfortable. Um, but also it's just like not, I, I don't think good for the locker room. Ultimately, everybody says that, you know, amongst players, he's really well loved and he supports his fellow players and all of that. But it eventually erodes the culture because you have to deal with all of this other crap outside of it. And it creates a, you know, a fan versus player thing that I think um, ultimately leads to problematic behavior. Not to mention, you know, outside of admittedly one extremely clutch shot um, to to win the 2016 title for the Cavs, he has not actually been very helpful in the playoffs. Um, and I think he's been more of a franchise killer than a franchise savior. So, no, I, it's it's not what we need in our locker room. I don't remember that. Graham, shot. He would, Graham, he would fall a lot less than Jordan Poole does, though. So you have to factor that in. There's nobody on earth. You could not find anybody who falls more than Jordan Poole. It's an impossible thing. If there was a Warriors bingo card, my center space would be Jordan Poole falling down. Like just more than <laughs> Steph hitting a fucking three, more than like Kerr calling a timeout. I would pick fucking Jordan Poole falling down, um, which is a conversational topic for another time, boys huge fun and we've got all types of social media presences that we can now announce uh we're on twitter that one's at warriors huddle we're up on uh, youtube go on youtube and you can search for warriors huddle and we also have an instagram account that one is warriors huddle as well uh and if you want to get us an email let us know we did a good job bad job any job you can send that to huddle at warriorshuddle.com Boom. And I, I went through a little bit too fast, kind of screwed over the or the bottom of the screen scroll here, but it was very impressive for those who were watching. Uh, <laughs> with that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Good, good. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.